Welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back. The NBA is back, Danny. Woo! Are you just a woo man now? Yes, yes, I am. Like there I'm are, just there so are happy. people who are like they're just like woo people, right? Like I, when they when I woke up Friday Thursday morning, I was mm-hmm. just like the NBA is back. Woo! Like I was so My, happy. Yeah, I get it, man. My wife was just like, "You are giddy." Like all Thursday, I was just like anything I was doing, like around the house, like or running errands or something like that. She was just like, why are you so giddy? I'm like, the Lakers are playing the Clippers tonight. Right. Like, I remember just looking at the time, like every five minutes and be like, man, it feels like it's been three hours. I think the game's almost over. It's only been Mm -hmm. five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like sitting on the couch at 3.30. Like just being like, I've got, I've got another hour here before the first game. What am I gonna do for an hour? I just want it to happen. Right, we've made it this far. I cannot wait this hour now. Let's let's be honest though, Danny. What, was there any doubt in your mind on Thursday that something would come out and they'd be like, "We're shutting the bubble down"? Uh, yes, I was like. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then I think Sham sent a tweet out about around 12 o'clock that said, no players tested positive. I'm just like, yes, (laughs) we're finally back. The bubble worked, man. Right. Or at least so far. So far, it's working. I mean, despite all like the weird buffet stuff that we see behind plexiglass from JaVale McGee's vlogs. Right. (laughs) It's working. I mean, you know, I think probably the biggest takeaway from the bubble is. JaVale McGee does not have a career in filming. No. <laughs> um, now, Marty Steibel, that guy, that guy's vlog is actually pretty decent. Like, I watch a lot of YouTube, and, like, I'm I'm entertained by that one. But JaVale's is like, it's, it's 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to, I'm going to go home. What do we got? What do we got for breakfast? It's the right. same thing I showed you in the last video. Right, like we get it, Javale. <laughs> well, granted, I I have watched every single one of his vlogs, so I don't know what that says about me. But I think I've watched about five minutes of one, and I'm just like, yeah, this is hurting my brain. I fast forward them until I see like someone that I like, like with Javale's Alex Caruso shows up every once in a while, and so I'm like, oh, I got to see AC. <laughs> so right. I'll, I'll play it then and then like Martise Thibel he hangs out with like um, Tobias Harris and some other players and so I'll, I'll fast forward it to those parts and see him interacting but like when it's just like five minutes of JaVale McGee talking to himself in a monotone voice into the mirror while holding the camera like no thanks but it's you know something we've been able to see like a little bit into the bubble life Anything stand out to you, like of like things that you're like, wow, it's really cool what the NBA is doing with it, or anything that you're like, this is weird. Obviously, um, the food is a little subpar, at least for NBA standards. 
I think I saw some of Michael Porter Jr. stuff, and they were out bowling the other night. And I thought, hey, you know, that's kind of cool, though. It's not like these players are just literally go to practice, eat, and then stay in your hotel room. They can go out, you know. They can go fishing. Ben Simmons did that the other day. Uh, some guys from the 76ers were on a boat. Yeah. And then bowling. I think that was – I think that's kind of cool, though, for the players. In a way, it kind of makes them feel like, you know, things are a little normal, even though yeah. things aren't normal. You know, it gets them out of the hotel room and out of the, like, just playing basketball all the time. Gets them to interact with one another. It's kind of cool. It's cool to see, like, you know, people, like, bumping into Russell Westbrook or some some other player. It's it's cool to see that. Although I am, I'm sorry, I'm sick and tired of watching NBA players fish. Like, no thanks. I don't care. <laughs> like, like, I'm not, I'm not going to, if there's... If I see fishing in the thumbnail of any of those videos, I'm not watching it. Right. Soon Ben Simmons is going to have vlogs on how to catch a bass or how to fly fish. Yeah. (laughs) Then we know quarantine's gone too far. Yeah. We're going to see like, I don't know. What's what's that? What's that store for hunting with the like Cabela's? Oh, Bass Pro Shops. Oh yeah, Bass Pro Shops and and, and Cabela's like sponsoring everything in the NBA. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently they they stocked that little lake there, like they just they put so many bass in that little lake. Like I think I think it was um, what's your face from the jump who was uh, Rachel tweeting Nichols. about it. Yeah, Rachel Nichols. She was. Saying like somebody somebody found this out, they've been pumping it in the lake, and it's like everyone already knew that, right? But it's been interesting to watch like the players living in the bubble. Some players opted out of the whole experience, though. Then you got some guys who, uh, well, had had some stuff happen: Zion Williamson, Patrick Beverly, Austin Rivers, and then yeah, Lou Williams were all inside the bubble. And then had family emergencies and just different things they needed to do. And so they all left the bubble. Now, we're talking about Lou Williams because he decided to, yeah, stop at a at a strip club. But he was only there for the wings, Danny. Only there for the wings. Got it. Yep, yep. That, that's it. He just stopped for, for supper. That's like and... me going into a pizza place and saying, I'm only here for a Coke. Yeah. So he he got a 10 day quarantine. It's weird to see like penalties in quarantine. Uh, like uh, Zion Williamson, I guess he was a little bit more straight laced and, you know, just followed the protocols and everything. And so he only had a four day quarantine when he got back, but Lou Williams got a 10 day quarantine. So he's missed the first two games uh, of the Clippers coming back. Um, but yeah, let's talk about one, you know, we've had, we've had some of these scrimmage games and there's one player that's just, everyone's talking about him. It's exciting. Bull Bull has emerged. Can mm-hmm. we call it the Bolasance? I guess we could, because I honestly, that's probably the best name I've heard for it so far. Right. The Bolasance. He, he, he's Bull Bull and it's an Assance. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Have you seen the highlights? Yes, I have seen the highlights. I've I wanted to watch some of the games, but I wasn't able to. But um, some of the scrimmages, but yeah, I saw the highlights and I was just like, 
what in the world? This dude was a second round pick. For real, he looks like the number one pick. Like he looks so good. You know, he's bringing up the ball. Seven two, good handles, driving mm-hmm. it down the lane, leading a fast break, shooting pull up threes, blocking. It was shots. impressive, man. Like I, I, I was just as impressed. Which this sounds really like it's not just because he's the newest thing. So, like it sounds like I'm just hopping on a bandwagon here, but I really mean it. I was, I, I was about as ninety percent of how impressed I was watching Zion Williamson's first game. That's how impressed I was with that first game where Bull Bull scored like 15 points and had like 12 rebounds or whatever that was. Like that was incredible watching the highlights on that. Cause I didn't watch the game either, um, but I watched the highlights and wow, man, when he blocks somebody and then takes it down the court on his own and just shoots a three, like not right up against the line, a couple feet back. And just the the look of his shot. I mean, this guy is great. Oh, I I really think he is. Like he has the potential to be something really special. I'm I'm excited. I want to see Bull Bull get some more minutes and let let's see if he can he can do something cuz you know, yeah, I remember draft night and I remember watching this like should have been, you know, with if he didn't have the injury, uh, should have been a top five player. Right. Uh, and still, everyone was thinking he'll at least be a lottery pick. That's why he was there. And then to see him pick after pick and the camera just kept on going back to him. And I mean, I've never felt worse for an like soon to be millionaire in my life. <laughs> like right. he he looked so sad, man. And then like even like they they've shown a bunch of clips now because he's you know now making a name for himself in the NBA. Uh, but like that moment when he gets selected, I think he was like pick number like forty two. He was in the middle of the second. Yeah. Round. And like when they show him getting finally getting his name called. And he, he hugs his mom, and the look on his face is not, I just made it into the NBA. It was like, I'm the last kid picked for dodgeball. <laughs> like, right. like, oh, I felt so bad for that guy. But now, now people are seeing, like, maybe they should have picked him. Right. And like, you, go for it. <laughs> I think that. With a lot of NBA players, some that are picked, especially towards the end of the second round, you know, hey, I thought I should have been a top five pick, but you're picking me at number 44 overall. I think that puts like a chip on their shoulder and it makes them, it adds more fuel to their fire. Like, you know what? I'm going to work harder than anyone else now, you know? Yeah. I'm going to show them why I should have been drafted in the lottery. Yeah. He's got a chip on his shoulder for sure. That's all the practice games, but let's let's get to the real games here. Now, you know, we finally get the NBA back, and we've got these eight uh, seeding games. I think that's what they're calling it before we get into the playoffs. Uh, so what's, what's one of the games, Danny, that's, like, jumped out to you of, like, maybe surprising or just something that you thought was important in these last few couple games that we've been able to watch? I think for me probably the – 
the biggest thing that's come out to me through these games is Zion barely playing. Yeah. And you can clearly see Alvin Gentry's frustration because that is their best player, you know? Yep. And he's playing 12, 14 minutes a game. And I think the because Zion is the best player on the Pelicans team. For sure. I think that you want him out there, you know, as much as he can. He mm-hmm. had the injury. He came back. He played 22 games, was starting to play, I think, about what, 20 minutes a game before the hiatus? I, th- I think his last game, he was something like 35 minutes. Right. Like, what is the difference? Like, he hasn't been injured anymore, you know? He's been off these four months just like any other NBA player out there. And look how jacked he is now. Right. Like, why isn't he playing about 25 minutes a game? Why are you holding him back? Like, and honestly, I keep thinking, like, you know, this is once-in-a-generation talent. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys already messed up with Anthony Davis. Don't you mess up with Zion Williamson now. Yeah. It kind of feels like they're making a big mistake, right? Right. But, and I think that's going to cause just a huge rift between David Griffin, the general manager, and Alvin Gentry. And yeah. that is recipe for a disaster, especially with such a young team with so much talent. Well, I, I get like being cautious with Zion. Like, I got it when he came back from his injury, you know, playing him a you know, in these spurts or whatever they were calling it. And that's fine for a while, but this kid wants to play. He, he wants to be in the NBA. He wants to be with his teammates. He wants to fight. He's there in the bubble. He's given up a lot and yeah, he had to go home, but now he's back. His attention is fully on his craft and you're just saying, Nope, go hit the treadmill for a while while our team loses. I don't think that's going to go over with Gentry for sure. Because Gentry wants to win. He's a coach. He's taken a lot of risks being there, too. And it's definitely not going to go over well with a competitor like Zion. No, it's not. I completely agree. Yeah, I hope that he gets to play a little bit more. Like 13 points in his first game, 7 points in his second. And, like, it's obvious that this team really needs him. Because they're losing. And they can't afford to lose. Not anymore. Right. You have... Six games left, you know? Yeah. You can play him 24 minutes a game, you know? Yeah. You don't have to play him, oh, I can only play him first three minutes of the quarter, you know? Yep. But, I again, I get being careful, but I think there's a little too much trepidation there. Right. Play him, or in three years, he's going to be starting at power forward for the Lakers. Oh, I would love that. Also, speaking of the Lakers... Let's talk about that first game, man. The first game back for the Lakers. We have this opening night. And, yeah, we got to see Utah and the Pelicans. but And it was a decent game. But I think we were all looking forward to the Lakers versus the Clippers. And uh, in some ways, it didn't disappoint. Uh, Lakers beat the Clippers 103-101. Obviously indicative of what's going to happen in the Western Conference. Right, Daniel? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. But uh, they, they won on Thursday night, which was a really fun game to watch. 
Uh, Anthony Davis went off uh, 39 points, I think is what his, his total was at the end. Uh, but the Clippers were without Lou Williams. They were without Harrell. Uh, so do you think that makes a difference? Uh, you know, in this whole like Lakers and Clippers probably going to be the ones coming out of the West. Like, do you think that there's any ammo to be taken from, from this game for either team? I think if there's anything ammo to be taken, it's honestly for the Clippers. Yeah. Because it shows that they can go out and they can compete without um, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, their two best bench players. And mm-hmm. it just shows it's a testament to how deep the Clippers are. And honestly, if I'm a Lakers fan watching that game, that game would scare me because it shows – just how good the Clippers really are, and they don't have Montrez Harrell or Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say, like I, I was happy to see the Lakers win, but they only won by two points without two of their best players uh, for the Clippers. Like that, it should have been, you know, a one twenty three one oh seven kind of game, you know. Right. Um, not a 103-101 game. Uh, so that was pretty disappointing. Uh, it was really cool to see AD just, like, go off. But also, LeBron didn't do a whole lot. No, he I didn't. I mean, not, he didn't have his usual numbers. Uh, yes, he got he got the game-winning shot, which, you know, to me, goes like, yeah, he still got that killer instinct. But he only had like 14 points. So like, I, I'm scared, man. And just like sometimes, um, you know, looking at who was on the court and just watching JaVale McGee get burnt over and over again. Uh, and then to see, you know, I was really hoping to see like a step up from Alex Caruso, you know, cause he got Rondo out, um, and and Avery Bradley opted out. And so, like, it's time for AC to step it up. And I haven't seen that so far in these first two games. And and that scares me. Like, if we if we don't have a reliable point guard, um, we're not going to be able to compete. And I did not see that. And the other team has it. And they got a lot more. <laughs> and so I'm scared, man. Uh, unless Kuzma comes out and is just, you know, playing basically like Brandon Ingram, then uh, I I don't know if Lakers are going to come out of this thing with the championship. You know, honestly, I wish Frank Vogel would experiment more with his lineups. You know, maybe you start Kuzma over JaVale McGee. You get, you get better shooting in there because – you don't necessarily need an extra rim protector in there mm-hmm. because you have Anthony Davis, the best rim protector in the NBA. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with you. And I think that would be for the best. But I know that there's like this whole thing with Anthony Davis is that he doesn't want to be a center. He wants to be a power forward. And so that's why JaVale McGee is starting. But even with that, put Dwight Howard in there. Right. I mean – he can do better than JaVale McGee. I'll take super tired Dwight Howard, who's old, versus, you know, rested JaVale McGee any day. Right. 
I he's think... not good at blogs and he's not good at blocks. What? Yeah, right. I said it. I think the one thing the Lakers really lack right now, Dean, is the lack of an anchor for the second unit. They just don't have that. Like the Clippers, they had that in Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. Yep. Then they have, you know, Marcus Morris, guys like that, Landry Shamit. But then the Lakers, who do they have? Kyle Kuzma? No, you don't really have a floor general. You know, like you said, you wanted to see Caruso step up. He did not step up. No, No, the Lakers are going to have to have better performances out of these role players to be able to have hope of getting past the first round. Yeah, I, I think I think that you just hit the nail on the head, man. They just don't have a reliable second tier general, you know, like that's that's going to be able to to take that second team. And when LeBron and AD are not on the court, that he can go and get buckets and go make sure that the offense is working the way it's supposed to be working. Now, I've seen a little bit of a glimpse of it with Dion Waiters, which sounds really weird. <laughs> I know. But I, I think that he might be able to be that player uh, in a little while. Um, and I'm still holding out that J.R. Smith can, like, maybe – do something and be able to, to score a little bit and provide some of that scoring when LeBron and AD are on the bench. But I mean, you got basically those two guys and Kuzma. Cause I don't know what's happened to Danny green, but someone has like, it's, it's like in space jam when they touch the ball, like Charles Barkley and Dave Robinson, all those guys, like they touch the ball and they lose their powers. I think something like that has happened to Danny green. He is two for 13 since coming back, scored six points opening night and zero points uh, last night against the Raptors. He is supposed to be one of the most reliable shooters in the NBA, and he is not right now. Uh, So I hope that maybe he can, I don't know, get a new get a new mattress, you know, get get new shoes get glasses i don't know whatever it takes to like get him back into sync Adderall, but maybe (laughs) maybe something man i don't know man like i always hear from moms that like it's like lavender oil or something is supposed to be able to heal all things or peppermint oil those essential essential oils. oils maybe maybe try that danny i don't know he just needs to do something because nothing is falling for him I agree with you on that. And also just like going back and just looking at the stats, like just what, you know, Markeith Morris was a guy that they signed who was supposed to be provide some good minutes off the bench. He played three minutes, you know, maybe what if you tried putting him over JaVale McGee? What would happen? Yeah, that could work. I, th- I think that could work. Like, I really feel like some people look at JaVale McGee and they see some blocks because he does get some blocks. Um, but they don't see how often LeBron is yelling at him to get into position on offense and defense. Like, LeBron is a smart player. You've seen it, like, in games. You've seen it after games with, like, all the interviews and he's able to tell you 
literally every play for a whole quarter. Like he knows his basketball. And when he's yelling at you to get you into position, that means you screwed up bad. Right. If he's, it's one thing, you know, when you yell at a guy, hey, get in position, bro. But when he's yeah. constantly having to tell you every game, every quarter, there's something wrong. You should probably be sitting on the bench and bringing LeBron a Gatorade. Yep. Like Jason Tatum. He should be sitting on the bench right now. Uh, right? Two for 18 opening night. Yeah. How about, uh, let's see, 26 points in the third quarter. Let's that, see how that, much that game, he has right now. That's We're talking about pass games, Danny. Don't talk about that one. That one's, We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they take a whole bunch of points away from it. Okay. Holy crap. But to be really random, it's a one point game right now. Oh, for real? Yes. Well, right now, because the Trailblazers in Boston are playing right now. And Danny, I know you love Jason Tatum, and I'm only pulling your leg. I know he just had a really bad game that opening night, but it was a really bad Celtics game. fans are going to forget about Paul Pierce by the time Jason Tatum's career is over. He's going to really? have that big of an impact. You know what? I might, I might really love Jason Tatum, though. I would love to forget about Paul Pierce. I bet you would. All right, so any other any other games that you're just thinking about, like this jumped out to you, something you want to talk about? Because we've seen a lot of games, um, and it's all been exciting. It's all been fun, uh, but it's still pretty early, and the games are pretty ugly. Um, you know, everyone's trying to shake off that rust, especially Danny Green. But any any other ones jump out to you, man? Those were really honestly the two that caught my eye so far. Uh, maybe, um, what did you think real quick about, do you have any worries after the Lakers losing to the Raptors last night? Oh, for sure. And like everything that we talked about with the Clippers is only doubled when, when I talk about the Raptors, that was, that sucked because I'm, you know, like we are, we want our Sonics back because we want our Sonics back. Uh, but you know, we realize that that's not going to happen anytime real soon. And so since the Sonics went away, I decided to default to where I was born in California. So uh, I'm I'm a Lakers fan right now. And, you know, we talked about it a bunch on the podcast. So I'm, li- I'm sure our listeners are not surprised by me saying that. Uh, but I'm also living in Canada. And what I found out is that everybody and nobody cares about the Raptors up here. <laughs> like, like they, they love to talk about how they won a championship, but they like, they only watched at least here in Saskatchewan. Uh, they, they only watched the, the finals and they haven't watched a game since, except everyone now doesn't, you know, like COVID's happened up here too. And so everyone's kind of bored. There's not a lot to do. And so I guess people are now watching the Raptors again. And so I'm getting like texts and messages being like, oh, did you watch the Raptors? What they did to your Lakers? And I'm just like, you haven't watched a game in like a year. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> Go watch hockey. Exactly. <laughs> but but um, yeah, so that was annoying. But then also, yeah, I, I was kind of shocked that the Lakers lost to the Raptors, just not like I'm not disrespecting the Raptors. They are a really good team. I actually think they, they have a really good chance of coming out of the East, but uh, the way that they won, you know, one Oh seven 92. 
that's pretty shocking and scary as a Laker fan. Um, AD was held to 14 points after he went off for 39. Right. Uh, that's, that's scary. LeBron also held to 20 points. I mean, if you think about that, that's 34 points between LeBron and AD. Right. These are guys that are averaging nearly 30 points a game. Yeah, on their own. And, and so, like, yeah, it's it's very concerning. Um, I am beginning to lose hope that we're going to get a championship. Uh, I, I'm, I'm beginning to see that, you know, these when, when it comes to, like, because all these teams have had time, right? right? They've had time to look over uh, each team and be able to go, like, all right, how are we going to defend these guys? And I think that LeBron and AD are at a disadvantage because there's not a lot of other, you know, like, like we just talked about, there isn't really that third option. Yes. I know Kuzma does it sometimes, but he's very inconsistent. Uh, and he plays pretty reckless. He's not, he's not great with the ball. I'll just be honest. Uh, so you don't really have that third option that at least will like, you know, you got you like for the Clippers example, you got to guard Lou Williams. You have to. You got to guard Harrell. You can't leave these guys open, um, and you can't, you know, not focus on them. And now I just feel like everyone has learned the trick uh, of how to guard LeBron and AD's pick and roll, and uh, there's not a third option to distract them. And, and so I feel I feel like those championship hopes are. Uh, beginning to fade away, man. Right, because, you know, like you said, all these teams have had a lot of time, you know. Mm-hmm. When you look at the standings, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. Well, second best team in the NBA behind the Bucks, record-wise. Yep. I really I really feel like this team, I, I still have a lot of confidence in both LeBron and AD, but I don't feel like this team was built to be a championship team. Um, maybe when there was hopes that DeMarcus Cousins could have done some more stuff. Um, but with his, you know, re-injury and everything, uh, obviously that hasn't been part of the equation for a very long time. And, and so I look at it and I go, man, this team might have really lost the championship when they didn't sign Carmelo Anthony. It's It's beginning to look like that because if you look at it, you're looking for that third guy. Who's yep. going to be that third guy? I, You know, Kuzma, he's averaging, what, 12, 14 points a game. I don't have the exact numbers. but Something like that. You don't really have anyone, you know? And like you were talking about, defenses can therefore focus on just locking down these two players for the Lakers. Because yeah, they which know is still a very difficult can, task. Right. They know if they can stop you know, one of LeBron or AD, or at least hold them in check, you are putting so much pressure on these other players to step up who have not shown they can step up yet. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing to think about because I was really hoping for the Lakers be, to be able to, like, just dominate. But without that third guy, it's just not happening. And now I'm looking at, like, you know, a team like the Trailblazers who signed Carmelo Anthony – and, you know, Anthony scored 21 points for, for their first game. 
And I don't know what he's got right now against Boston, uh, but he is a definite, you know, third option on the team. And I wish that the Lakers had him, man. I really did. I wanted them to sign him. Uh, but, you know, there was talk about J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters and other guys like that. And I was thinking to myself, why not? Why not just get a guy that you can just – even if you just, like, made him just sit at the three-point line and he just became a three-point shooter, you need that. Or, like, I still hold that trade, Derek Rose, Danny Green, Kuzma. It's looking better all the time. I mean, honestly – that first, when I first heard that, I thought it was a terrible trade. Now I look back at it, and I'm just like, that might have been the best move the Lakers could have made. Yep. I really think I, it would have been much different. Like, cause, like they, what they've shown is that one-two punch of LeBron and AD is so powerful that it can dominate some teams. But, you know, they they just don't care about their bench. They've They've made that clear. Right. Like they put they put Kuzma on the bench to give him a little bit of scoring, but there's really not a whole lot there. And uh, I think the Clippers showed that there's a weakness for the Lakers, even though the Lakers won. And I think Toronto just showed it to the rest of the world that not only are they a contender, uh, but they showed how weak this Lakers team is. So unless LeBron and AD both go off for, you know, 40 points each, uh, I'm very scared as a Lakers fan. Right. It's going to be real interesting to see how the um, – just these rest of the six games for the Lakers go. I mean, you could argue that, you know, maybe the Lakers just really aren't fully there yet because they're really not playing for much. Yeah. That's kind of one thing I hold in my mind that might be part of the reason. But, you know, you got LeBron James, you know. Every game should matter. You should try to win every game. And I'm not yep. accusing them of not trying to do that. But I think that if we get into the playoffs, you know, you get into the playoffs against, you know, like a team like Portland, you know, mm-hmm. you are going to be in a lot of trouble because Portland has size. Yep. Portland has decent depth. Yeah. it's It's been a lot of fun to watch these games, and I have a lot of concerns. I think you have a lot of concerns for – different teams and what's going to happen. Um, but let's let's talk about that just for a minute before we end this podcast. Our first one of being back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back talking NBA with you. But let's talk a little bit about where you think this might be going. Um, so for me, I have a prediction for you. All right. I predict that the Trailblazers will not just be the number nine seed and have the playing game with the Grizzlies. I think that the Trailblazers are going to make the eight seed in the West. Do you think that's possible, Danny? I think that's very possible. And I have one more prediction for you. All right. You're going to one-up me, huh? I think if Portland gets the eight seed, I think Portland beats the Lakers in seven games. Oh, don't say that. I really think it's going to happen. Don't say that to me. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, but I think it would be like you're you're supposed to just be able to go through it when you're a number one seed and just be able to go on a cakewalk, right? Um, you know, for the first round, it's supposed to be super easy. Maybe, you know, sweep them kind of four to one kind of game, you know, whatever. Um, 
but I don't think that's going to happen this year for the Lakers. I think they're going to have a very hard time just getting out of the first round. And every round that they're able to, uh, you know, advance, I think will be a dogfight. Right, because everyone's out to get the Lakers. Everyone's out to get LeBron. Can you imagine what the media would do to LeBron if they lost in the first round? Well, I mean, I can imagine, but deservedly so. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm scared. I'm scared now. I'm really scared. Uh, I got another prediction for you. Uh, the Pelicans are going to lose every single game of these eight games coming back. That's bold. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like, especially coming from the guy that was like, one of the most exciting things in the bubble is going to be Zion. Um, if Zion's going to play 15 minutes a game, this team is going to lose all of their games. I I agree. Uh, the competition level is way too high, and I I do not think that they have what it takes to beat these guys without their best player. Sorry, Brandon Ingram. Zion is the best player. I mean, that's also one quick thing that stood out to me is Brandon Ingram is can play, man. Like, why yeah, did man. the Lakers trade him? <laughs> uh, I wish. Oh, man. Looking back on that, I wish we would have kept been able to keep Ingram and give Kuzma. Oh, that would have made all the difference. Could you imagine? Right. Ingram, LeBron, and Davis. That is a legit big three. Yeah, man. Um, any Any other predictions that you got? That's about it for my crazy predictions for today. All Maybe right. I'll have I got some one, more next I got week. one more. All right, let's the, hear it. That the Raptors are going to make it out of the East. Really? Okay. I, I really think so. I think that unlike a lot of teams, a lot of these teams are built to have two superstars. You know, two or three superstars and a solid bench. Um, you know, you see that. With uh, you see, with the 76ers, you got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, a lot of great players around him. Uh, you see it with the Lakers, LeBron, AD, and supposedly a good bench. I don't see it. Uh, a lot of other teams are now beginning to exploit them. Uh, but you see it with a lot of these, the way these teams are built. The Dallas Mavericks, Porzingis, and Porzingis is apparently back 39 points against the Rockets, 16 rebounds. Awesome. Uh, but Luka Doncic, lo- those two players together, it's always something like that, right? Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Toronto is different. They are unique. Right. Like, you could argue that Pascal Siakam and, and Kyle Lowry are that one-two punch. And they definitely, well, at least Kyle Lowry, looked it against the Lakers. Um, but most of the time, if you look at the box score for this team, the scoring is pretty even. You know, they got a lot of good players who work well together. And I think that that might be able to overwhelm some of these teams that have weak spots. Like right. maybe some great players and then, you know, just a couple weak areas. I don't see any weaknesses for the Raptors. You know, and may- maybe they get blown out, you know, Pascal Siakam has a bad game. Kyle Lowry has a bad game. And then, you know, there's a weakness there. Um, But I think they might be surprising some people. The defending champs, they might be uh, coming back to the finals. I mean, they looked 
pretty good last night from what I saw. So, Can you imagine the Raptors and the Clippers in the finals? See if the Raptors can get revenge on Kawhi for leaving. Right. That would be something else. But then I really don't want to listen to Drake again. Yeah, that's true. Ah, that would be a bummer. That was annoying. It was annoying. So if we could get that just without Drake, that would be cool. Well, maybe maybe COVID, you know, like maybe maybe everyone has to quarantine in their houses and Drake's not allowed because he's not, you know, essential staff. Right. And, I mean, he probably, you know, he'd probably just show up on someone's vlog. Maybe he'd take over JaVale's vlog. <laughs> probably do a lot better. <laughs> I think anyone can do better. I think I'd rather, I don't know. Which one Which one would be worse, man, JaVale or Drake? I mean, it all comes down to... Um, who am I more annoyed by, JaVale or Drake? Probably that's hard, Drake. <laughs> that's a hard one, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, we're going to be talking about it. I know we've had a couple weeks off, and I'm glad to be able to sit down with you virtually and be able to talk about all this with you, man. And uh, we'll be back next week talking about it. Until then, let us know. What do you think about the NBA coming back? Are you surprised by any of the teams? You think the Lakers are going to get blown out by the Trailblazers in the opening round? Uh, wh- what do you think is going to happen here in, for the playoff scenario? Um, let us know. You can go to our Twitter at We Want Our Sonics and let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, it's definitely been fun to talk to you again about the NBA. And we will be back next week with much more NBA to talk about. Until then, We want our Sonics back.